<laughs> and we it, it didn't appear that we lost any of the recording this morning, even though it said it had dropped it and we had to restart it. So anyway, you'd think technology would become uh, easier rather than harder as uh, they finesse these things. But uh, now I'm going to go over and try to access my back office on TalkShoe. <coughs> and, um, so give us a couple minutes and we'll kind of try to get started here. Um, I tried all afternoon to access Facebook Live. I can post things on there. I just can't go live and broadcast. So I, I think they blocked me for broadcasting. I guess they put me in the doghouse for a while. I don't know how long they'll leave me in the doghouse. But uh, let's see if I can get this up. Beautiful day here in Pineville. About 75 degrees today. Almost perfect weather. Good evening, Brother Mark. How are you this evening? Hi, Brother Larry. Very well, very well. Yes, it's it's nice and warm in Long Beach today, too, and nice and warm and sunny. That's good. That's good. Well, again, I want to tell our Facebook friends that listen to this on YouTube, uh, we're sorry we're unable to broadcast, but this is all under the will of God. He has so ordained it for some reason. I have yeah. been searching out to try to find other platforms. What I'd really like to find, and um, I'll just throw this out to you all, because you uh -huh. all might be able to help me do some research. Um, I'm sure it's out there. It's just a matter of me finding it. What I'd like to find is I would like to find a platform that not only has where I could develop a website uh, for our broadcast, but they would also have the, the platform, an internal platform in that website where I could broadcast right from the website and put up my videos. I used to have one of yeah. those, and it, it went away as well. And so oh. I had that. It was called homestead.com. I had that for probably five years, and they sold oh. out to another oh. entity. And the entity they sold out to just let it go downhill. Yeah. And so it just ended up kind of crashing. <clears throat> well, tonight yeah. we're going to be looking at a passage that Brother Mark and I have actually studied from before. But, you know, I can never study a passage too much because... Every time I read a specific passage, do you happen to have a cough drop? My reset my <laughs> my throat is really gravelly tonight. Anyway, thank you. Yes. Second um, Peter chapter three um, is so full of interesting. It's got eschatology in it. It's got exhortations against false doctrine. It's got. Uh, it's just got so much in here. Um, so what I'm going to do, it's only 18 verses, 
So that's six verses apiece. So I think I'm going to have Mark Phillips start and read the first six verses. Then I'll read the middle six verses. Then I'll have Brother Mark Kennedy read the last six verses. So Mark, if you want to read the first six verses of Second Peter, Mark Phillips, if you want to read the Second Peter three verses one through six and make any comments, Mark, that you have about it. Okay. This second epistle, beloved, I now write unto you, and both which I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance that you may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets, and of the commandment of us, the apostles, the Lord and Savior, knowing this verse, that there shall come in the last days scoffered, walking after their own lust, saying, Where is the promise of his coming? Since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. For this they willingly are ignorant of, of that by the word of God. The heavens were of old, and the earth staying out of the water and in the waters, whereby the world that was that then was being overflowed the water perished. I think that's referring to the Antichrist in the last days of the devil coming loose on the earth. I think. Okay. Two people I'm talking about this pregnant. Okay. Okay. All right, uh, well, I'm going to go ahead and uh, I'm going to go ahead and read through verses 12, and then I'm going to make a comment on verses 1 through 12, and then turn it over to Mark to make a comment. Um, now I'm getting a warning. Firewall may be causing degraded audio, video, and and screen sharing quality. Um, <laughs> I'll tell you what. We're just going to forge ahead here. <clears throat> okay, verses um, verses seven. But the heavens and the earth, which are now now by the same word, are kept in store. Reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of godly men. But, beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand as um, and one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to us for not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Seeing that all of these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in all holy conversation and godliness looking for and hastening unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. 
<clears throat> okay, well, um, notice as he starts this epistle, his, he is addressing the beloved. He's addressing the elect. He says the second epistle, beloved. And we also see that he, in the first chapter, the first verse, he is addressing them that have obtained like precious faith. Chapter 1, verse 1. He's addressing to them that have obtained like precious faith. Now, he says that he wants us to be mindful of the words that were spoken by the prophets and of the commandments of us, the apostles. There's another scripture that says that foundation is upon the prophets and the apostles, Jesus Christ being the chief cornerstone. And so we have messianic prophecies in the Old Testament that foretell of the coming of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He then goes on to say that in the last days, there's going to be scoffers that are going to come in and they're going to be walking after their own lust. They're going to be mocking. They're going to be denying Jesus Christ as the Savior. And they're also going to be uh, coming against the imminent return of Christ, saying, you know, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. <clears throat> it's interesting because he then goes in the next two verses to describe uh, the flood, doesn't he? Noah flood. And he said that was one evidence that God would um, perform his word. He told Noah that he was going to send a great flood, and he did it. Well, he also, if you recall, made a covenant with Noah that he would never destroy the world again by flood by placing the rainbow in the cloud. Amen. But he did say very, very strongly the same earth, which was once destroyed by a flood, is going to be destroyed by fire. And there's a lot of people that deny that. I've heard Van Empey say over and over and again, the world will always be, the world will never be destroyed. <laughs> He's coming against the revealed word of God. God says very clearly that, uh, that uh, the world is going to be destroyed. Now, it's interesting after him talking about reality that 
the heaven and earth is kept in store, reserved under the fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. <clears throat> and he's trying to show that it may seem like it's been a long time since God has shown anything dramatically. He's talking to these people at that time, Peter is. But he says, you know what? A day is at, to God as a thousand years and a thousand years a day. In other words, God is not set in time. God is in eternity. That's what he's saying there. And he's saying in verse 9 that God is a truth teller. He is not slack concerning his promise. In other words, he does not lie. If he says he's going to destroy the world the earth with fire, he will destroy the earth with fire. Just like he said he was going to destroy the earth with the flood, and he did destroy all but eight souls were saved by water. But all the rest of those people on the face of the earth were destroyed. And so he says, uh, but is long-suffering to usward. He makes a distinction right in verse 9 that there are some men that don't believe him and there are some men that do believe him. Notice he says, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise as some men count slackness. In other words, as some men don't believe God. That's what that means. As some men don't believe God, what he says he's going to do. Amen. But he says he is long-suffering to those that do believe. He is long-suffering to the beloved. He is long-suffering to those who obtain like precious faith. Usward. That's usward. Yep. Not willing that any of usward should perish, but that all should come to repentance. All of his election to repentance. We know that not every person in the world without exception is going to come to repentance. We know that for a fact. Because he says that uh, very clearly in verse 7 that the heavens and the earth, which are now by the same word, are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the judgment and perdition of ungodly men. That's not that's not representative of people that have repented there. That's representative of people who are unrepentant there. The perdition of ungodly men. That's who the heavens and earth are reserved in fire against the day of judgment for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. And then in 10, he says, the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night. You know, Back in my day, and probably also in Mark, Brother Mark Kennedy's day, this yes. was before this was before Mark Phillips' day. Um, they were plastering this movie, this film, all over the churches called "A Thief in the Night." Wow. And what it was is it was designed to show the the secret rapture, and it was designed to scare the living daylights out of people. <laughs> they would be left behind, and that's what preempted later the Left Behind series, okay? Mm-hmm. But you know, this is talking about 
This is talking about the final day of the Lord here. This is not talking about a secret rapture. This is talking about, it's, he goes on to say this, when, he's, when God is going to come back, his son is going to come back unexpectedly by the reprobate, that at that time the heavens are going to pass away with a great noise and the elements are going to melt with fervent heat and the earth also and the works there shall be burned up. So the warning yep. here is not to be elect, to be ready and, and all of this stuff. The elect have been prepared before the foundation of the world to be recipients of God's grace. That's right. But anyway, this here is just merely a statement of what is going to happen. That, you know, those ungodly men have have been reserved under this day of perdition when when this is going to happen. When the heavens are going to pass away with a great noise and the elements will melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works therein shall be burned up. And he says, seeing that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness, looking for and hastening unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Now, in the next part, I'm not going to get into that. The next part, we're going to see the contrast uh, for the elect and what they have to to uh, look forward to in contrast to the reprobate who are going to be destroyed. And, you know, the fact is this earth, this earth is going to be destroyed by fire. And I'm not... Uh, I don't. I don't want to be here when that happens. And you yep. know, you you can say, well, God is going to set up an earthly kingdom. Why, if He's going to set up an earthly kingdom for a thousand years, how's He going to do that? Being the fact that the earth is going to be destroyed by fire, it doesn't make right. any sense. Yeah. How's He going to have a kingdom in a bunch of ashes? And so anyway, they say that they all they all will go up to Jerusalem and worship and all this stuff. We know what Jerusalem that's talking about, and we're going to get into that a little bit later. So that's sort of my rendition of these first 12 verses. I'm going to turn it over to Brother uh, Mark and, and uh, listen, uh, listen to his uh, understanding of these passages as well. Welcome aboard, Brother Mark. Thank you, brother. God bless you. God bless you. Welcome all of our saints, wherever you may be, in whatever situation, may Jehovah comfort you and meet you at the point of your need, in Jesus' name. Yes, uh, this is interesting here in verse 3 and 4, but I'll start at the beginnings. This um, is the second epistle, I guess, that, yes, this is Peter's second epistle here, and he's encouraging us. And then in in the few verses coming up, he's also preparing us. And he's, you know, encouraging his people that he has been ministering to for the time 
that he was ministering to them. And so he he wanted, in verse 1 and 2, he wanted to stir up their minds of what they had previously learned so they may be mindful of the words that were spoken to them before by the holy prophets and the commandments that they had learned and things like that. And now here in verse 3 and 4, I see something very interesting here too. Uh, Peter is preparing his people for the adversities that are coming. You know, in verse 3, knowing that scoffers are going to come, walking after their own lusts, and saying where, you know, and in verse 4, where is the promise of his coming? You know, for since the beginning of time, all things have gone on as they have. And so I see Peter here in these two verses doing the same thing that uh, Jesus did to them in telling them that if you were of the world, the world would love you, but you are not of the world, so the world hates you. Be of good cheer. The world hated me before it hated you, but be not of, but be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. And so I see a, I see a parallel here of, of Peter preparing his people for the adversities to come and in the same manner that uh, Jesus did with them previously. Yes. So that's a very that's a very blessed way that the that uh, that the comfort is continued from situation to situation. That's wonderful. And so yeah, these scoffers in verse 4 they say all things went on as they have since the beginning of time. And, you know, in verse 5, it shows us that they are willingly ignorant that the word of God created the heavens and the earth was below the firmament and the firmament covered the earth. And that's a very interesting phrase, the earth standing out of the water and in the water. And uh, that reminds me of... uh, you know, the pillars of the earth, the, the verses that talk about the pillars of the earth in Job, where Job and him were having the conversation, and and God said to him, where were you when I set up the pillars of the earth? So that that that's what I think of when I read that phrase, and the earth standing out of the water and in the water. It's very interesting. In verse 6, the world that was then being overflowed with water perished. Yeah, that was the antediluvian world before the flood. It must have been incredible because we have the Nephilim of Genesis 6, and I don't want to get into all of that, but the the antediluvian world must have been incredible in that uh, in that sin had just begun to have its adverse effect on humanity and has not yet reduced humanity to its present pathetic state. And so, yeah, the antediluvian world must have been something else. But anyway, verse 7, but the heavens and the earth, these are being reserved. In God's economy, these things, these two things, the heavens and the earth, are reserved for future judgment. This world is going to melt, like it says, the elements are going to melt with fervent heat. 
So he's telling us, be not ignorant to beloved. And he does say beloved in verse 8. But beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years and a thousand years as one day. So that's, that's, I'm not exactly sure what that means, but nonetheless, I believe it, and I will do some research on it. Praise God. Verse 9, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward. There's the identifier of who these intended uh, mercy from God is intended for. And I'll have you know that it's the elect of God, by the way, not willing that any should perish, any of the elect, that is, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. All whom the Father gave to the Son before time, the elect of God in Christ, given to the Son by the Father before the foundation of the world. And so verse 10, the day of the Lord is going to come like a thief in the night. In other words, this world isn't looking for it. This world is going on like the other guys up here in verse 3 and 4. Oh, everything's continuing as it has since the beginning of time. Eat, drink, and be merry. Relax. Why are you so uptight? (laughs) Well, (laughs) anyway, so he's telling us in verse 10 that day is going to come unexpectedly but we are knowing that it's coming so we are, we will not be caught unprepared because we know that this we know that human history is being orchestrated to a final grand conclusion at the return and consummation of Christ so when that final day comes that the heavens are going to pass away with a great noise and the elements shall melt with fervent heat here it is the earth and the, the earth and everything in it is going to burn up. All the houses, all the cars, all the buildings, everything man has made that is on this earth is going to burn up. Even even the even the paper of our Bibles is going to burn up. You know, right. isn't that it? Even the paper <clears throat> of our Bibles is going to burn up. Because this is, you know, this is just markings on a page. There's right. these little things that we read called words. They're just scribbling on a page. But the meaning and the and the the quickening of that word becomes that word when the Holy Spirit sows it into the soul of an elect person. That word transcends becoming scribbling on a page and it becomes alive in the heart of that saint whom the Holy Spirit quickened it to. Isn't that wonderful? That's awesome. So these last two verses, all of these things are going to be dissolved because of that and because we know because we know what's coming. The unbelieving world, they don't know what's coming. So, of course, they're going to act however they want. But we know we've got the inside knowledge. We know what's coming. And so because of that, we should live holy and righteous lives, quiet lives in all submission and godliness. 
And I love the way this verse 12 goes, looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. There it is. Well, those are my thoughts, brothers. Praise God, brothers. I'll let you go ahead and uh, <clears throat> conclude things out, and then uh, uh, we'll, ma- uh, we'll make any, uh, or both of us share any thoughts we have about the last six verses. <clears throat> Praise God, brothers. Okay, very good. Second Peter chapter 3, uh, starting at verse 13 and finishing off. In the authorized King James. Always. Okay, verse 13. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that ye look for such things, be diligent that ye may be found of him in peace, without spot and blameless. Verse 15. And, uh, and account that the long-suffering of our Lord is salvation, even as our beloved brother Paul, also according to the wisdom given unto him, hath written unto you. Verse 16, as also in all his epistles, speaking in them of these things, in which are some things hard to be understood, which they that are unlearned and unstable rest as they do also the other scriptures unto their own destruction. Verse 17, ye therefore, beloved, seeing ye know these things before, beware lest ye also being led away with the error of the wicked fall from your own steadfastness. Verse 18, but grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. Amen. That's wonderful. That is really wonderful. Okay, yes, this is this is a good chapter. So look, we are encouraged, you know, to look for that coming of that day. And so here in verse 13, we're looking for the new heavens and the new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. Because we know that scripture tells us that this earth is a bottomless pit of sin in in the book of Revelations. It describes this realm as a bottomless pit of sin unto which the devil was thrown down when the third of the angelic host that left their first estate like we discussed like we talked about last time. Yes. So we're looking for this new earth and the new heaven. And the main feature of that new earth and heaven is going to be perfect righteousness. Isn't that wonderful? No problem, confusion, no sin, nothing, no imperfection is going to plague that new Jerusalem coming down from the Father in heaven. And verse 14 Here's, like I said, this other verse where it talked about how we know what's coming. Seeing that we look for, and here again, he calls us beloved. What, that's, that's at least twice that he's called us beloved in this uh, chapter here. That's, uh, he, you think he's trying to convey how much God loves us? I think so. Yep, 
So, beloved, seeing that you look for such things, be diligent, that ye may be found of him in peace, without spot and blameless. That's like the other scripture, uh, work out our salvation with fear and trembling. So, because of the enablement of the Holy Spirit enabling us to do so, it's a, that's the only way we can do that. Like repentance. Repentance. Man cannot repent unless the Holy Spirit grants it, enables him to do so. So all of this comes together. The Holy Spirit applies it, and because of the Holy Spirit's work in our soul, we can repent and be diligent in our salvation. It's wonderful. It's really quite wonderful. So he is encouraging us from verse 14 into verse 15 to account that the long-suffering of our Lord is salvation. He did it for us, his elect. And it's it's really quite amazing, like your poem, Why, Larry? You know, why would yeah. Christ love a wretch like me and die for a wretch like me, you know? Yeah. So, even as our beloved brother Paul, also according to the wisdom given unto him, has written unto you. Yes, Paul and Peter uh, conveyed this encouragement. Paul, Paul, uh, Paul did it first, yes, and he trained and uh, equipped Peter to carry on after him. That's wonderful. It's really quite wonderful. And so... In all of these epistles, we see the same thing. You know, some things are hard to be understood, which the unlearned and unstable rest to their own uh, destruction. This is talking about the people who put, pull out, they pull out a scripture and set it against the rest of scripture and they, and they construct a doctrine on one or a number of scriptures pulled out of context and set at variance against the rest of the scripture. And they're violating, you know, all of the major rules of scriptural interpretation. You take things in context, you read things in order, and and if you're going to read one verse, you want to read at least five verses before and five verses after that to get the big picture context of what God is trying to say, right? Right, right, right. So, so therefore, beloved, seeing that you know these things before, here's more, here's more encouragement and more, on, and more earnest warning to, to walk that straight line, walk that straight path that leads to life. Beloved, and here, here is the third time we're being called beloved in this chapter. That's three times called beloved. That's that's really awesome there. And then I love this, our blessed conclusion of this chapter. But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and forever. Amen. Because of him, we grow in grace. Amen. Amen. Well, I'm glad you pointed out 
Yeah, it's actually four times. He mentions beloved in the first verse. He mentions beloved. And yeah. then in, in verses uh, thir- uh, 14, he mentions beloved. In verse 15, he mentions uh, beloved brother Paul. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, in the 17th verse, he mentions beloved. I agree with you. Uh, he wants to show us... <clears throat> how much God does love us. And in fact, when we see the love of God, that really, there's a scripture, I think it's in Romans 2.4. Let's look at that. Uh-huh. Romans 2.4. It says, <clears throat> Or despisest thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and longsuffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. There it is. The goodness there it is. To repentance. So it's back to what you were saying, you know. Repentance yeah. doesn't come from us. But God, in showing us his love, that's one yep. of the means that that's one of the means that he uses to bring us to repentance, to show us his unfathomable love. Um yeah. yes. yeah, I think this is a a beautiful chapter that shows <clears throat> not only reminds us uh, the distinction between those who are in Christ and those who are not, and it also shows that in the end events, at the end of the world, yep. that there are going to be those that are going to be uh, in this earth when it's destroyed and burned up with fire. We're not going to be here. Right, right. Well, it says very clearly in verse 12, we're going to be looking for and hasting under the coming of the day of God. Yes, yes. And verse 13, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth. And, uh, you know, when people talk about, uh, you know, Going on crusades to the Holy Land, going uh-huh. and visiting Israel, and all this. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm not looking for a physical land. I'm looking for a new heaven and a new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. I'm not interested in that place over there. It has no. There's no interest yeah. there to me at all. I'm looking for the New Jerusalem. Um, That's right. And that's what yep. I'm looking for. I'm looking for, like you said, a place that we can find Christ, where he is yep. found in peace with spot and blameless. You know? Yep. And I cannot There's, imagine living in a place without any sin or any curse or any uh, any taints of, of the sin-cursed world that we're living in here, but that's what it's going to be. Yep. And... Um, I like this where he says that um, um, that he says in verse 16, in all his epistles, speaking in them of these things in which are some things hard to understood. I I believe <laughs> I I believe I don't I ha don't have any proof of this, but I believe that he's speaking here 
of Paul's, um, I think he's probably alluding to the ninth chapter of Romans, reprobation. Uh, okay. yeah. The fact that God, you know, I remember the first time I read the ninth chapter of Romans, it was hard for me to understand. You know, I was thinking, wow, how can this be, you know? Uh-huh. And a lot uh-huh. of people do a lot of people do rest this to their own destruction. In other words, they set out yep. to deny it. They said it's not true. And yep. But it's like you said, we may not fully understand it, but we accept it and we embrace it because it's the Word of God. That's right. You know, and so that's, that's the important thing. Well, this is a beautiful, beautiful ending of... Um, the writings of Peter, uh, I mean, it's really, uh, it's quite interesting the way he ends this writing. Mm-hmm. Grow, in the grace, grow in the grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then he gives him all the glory, both mm-hmm. now and forever, you know. And that's really what John the Revelator is pointing out in Revelation the same thing is giving all glory to God so we're you know we're both Peter the Apostle Peter and the Apostle John both um, have the same (laughs) uh, the same idea you know about Mm -hmm. the end times in fact let's just real briefly look at the contrast it's really not much of a contrast it's a very, uh, it's it's almost like a mirror image, okay, uh, of John talking about the same heaven and earth that Peter was talking about in chapter 21 of Revelation. Mm-hmm. He said, and I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away. In other words, he's saying the same thing. This first heaven and first earth were already destroyed. That's right. He's seeing seeing a new heaven and a new earth. And he said, I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven. Notice, he's not not proclaiming that God is going to go back over there in Jerusalem and rule in that city that's already been destroyed. Amen. He said, I... I, John saw the holy city of New Jerusalem coming down from God out of the heaven prepared as a bride adorned for a husband and I heard a great voice out of heaven saying behold the tabernacle of God is with men it's not a yeah. not a third temple in Jerusalem mm-hmm. behold the tabernacle of God is with men and he will dwell with them and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God, and God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. There shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. Mm-hmm. And that includes, that includes the new Jerusalem, okay? That's right. And uh, it's really interesting because uh, I'm not going to go into all of the the rest of this, but Mm -hmm. uh, 
in the uh, 22nd chapter of Revelation, the first verse he says, and he's, well, first of all, I have to read 27 of uh, chapter 21, the last verse of 21. There shall be no wise in, in, in anything that defileth, neither whatsoever worketh abomination, or maketh a lie, but they which are written in the Lamb's book of life. What a contrast this new Jerusalem is to that Jerusalem that's over there now. They yeah. uphold abominations. They uphold homosexuality. They have gay pride parades in that city. Yeah. So this shows the contrast. And then it says, <clears throat> And he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. That's Jesus. In the midst of the street of it, and on each side of the river, was a twelve, a tree of life, and so on. And then in verse three, there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and His servants shall serve Him. And he goes on and talks about this, um, and then he says, uh, verse 12, and behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me to give every man according to his work. And so we see the contrast between the old Jerusalem and the new Jerusalem. Uh, the, the old Jerusalem that is destroyed by fire and all of the abominations therein are destroyed with it. <clears throat> and then he, he, uh, he sees... Uh, he declares this new Jerusalem where Jesus Christ is going to be on the throne and he is the temple thereof and he's going to be uh, there forever, for eternity. This is an eternal city. Yes. An eternal city will never be destroyed. Armies right. will never come upon the new Jerusalem. It is impenetrable. <laughs> and that's where God is going to that's where Jesus Christ is going to rule from his throne in Jerusalem from that new Jerusalem so that's really all I have on that but it is a beautiful uh, I, I think the Apostle John and the Apostle Peter are on the same page don't you? <laughs> yes, absolutely absolutely I believe, didn't uh, was it, Peter was trained by Paul wasn't he? Yes, yes. Well, I'm mentoring because that mentoring is more than training. Mentoring is yeah. training, encouraging, you know, guiding, imparting wisdom to positive things like that. Yes. Yes. Well, um, again, you can see some of the challenges that we've had tonight. We were yes. able to get reconnected. Be connected on, on Facebook. Uh, oh. I mean, on on YouTube, not on Facebook. On YouTube, uh, it yeah. was even disconnected for a while. So, I liked your mm -hmm. comment about when you saw that we've been disconnected on YouTube. You said we're in the doghouse now. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Anyway, praise God, brothers. So, yeah, yes. God, God can another dog. That we're looking for it doesn't 
have any of those things that you said. And and there's one more thing that will not be in the New Jerusalem. There will there will be no rocket strikes in the New Jerusalem. Right, that's right. I can think of a lot of things that aren't going to be there. There's not going to be any Facebook or YouTube there either. <laughs> Yay! Yay! <laughs> Uh, All right, well, praise God, brothers. So, uh, saints, God bless you. May Jehovah meet you at the point of your need. Please keep uh, lifting up the Phillips family in your prayers, and and please continue to lift up Brother Carl Roberts out on that river that the boat be leak-free and stay on top of the water, and that his crewmates treat him with respect, and, and please pray that that Holy Spirit would send a comforting spirit to Sister Babs at home alone. And uh, saints, please keep praying for Reba Sandage, Brother Carl's mom, that that God would reveal true salvation to her. Sovereign grace, not free will, to Brother Carl's mom, Reba Sandage. Thank you, brothers. Please. Listen. Requests yeah. In your time. Thank you. Yeah. God bless. Yeah, and also continue to remember Brother Mark. God would give him sustaining grace during this upcoming week, whatever he must go through. Uh, God knows all things. He knows everything that we're going through. And we also uh, would like to remind you that we will be on Wednesday night. Again, hopefully um, they'll have me, taken me out of Facebook prison by then and opened up the doors. <laughs> taken the uh, and uh, I will continue to do my search for a website that does broad, will allow me to do broadcasting simultaneously on a website. So with that, uh, Thursday night, uh, Brother Carl and Brother Mark do a fellowship call. Those both Wednesday and Thursday night will be at 5 o'clock. Yes. So with that, I'm say good night to everybody, and hope you have a good week coming up. We love you all. Love you, brother Terry, brother Mark, yes. sister Tulip. God bless you, saints. Good night. Good night.